1: Hey, welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 71. Yes, my voice is kind of blown out. That's mainly because I did 12 stand-up shows last week. But if you came to any of those shows, thank you a million times. All right, very exciting stuff coming up. April is right around the corner. That is the month we launch Nerdist at Meltdown, our live comedy space at Meltdown Comics in Los Angeles. Just a weird little experiment to see if nerdy comedy can sustain itself in Los Angeles. So, April second is our very first show with comedian Jimmy Dore, uh, his Pop and Politics show. Then April fourth, Black Dynamite Night: screening, panel with director and actors, and signing of Slave Island, the first issue of the Black Dynamite comic. April eleventh, Nerd Hip Hop from Adam Warrock. April fourteenth, Rob Schrab will be signing his new book. April sixteenth, We're Alive Live: the popular serialized zombie podcast comes to Meltdown for a live show. Also, on Wednesdays, you can check out the regular Meltdown comedy show, which is all stand-up, which is run by Jonah Ray and Kumail Nanjiani and Emily Gordon. Then on Sundays through April, at the end of April, we're doing the uh, 826LA Writers Series. So uh, come and hear talks from super-famous writers if you want to learn how to do that. For information about tickets on all these shows, go to meltcomics.com. And then, of course, uh, April 9th, I'm at the Wilbur Theater in Boston, Massachusetts. And then April 14th through the 17th, I'm at the Irvine Improv. And last plug, March 30th, Web Soup Returns. Remember that show? Boy, I forgot about that show, but I'm remembering it now because we're making them again. So uh, that starts again March 30th, and we'll be running for a-, a long time. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, this episode uh, was recorded... Without Jonah He had a little bit of a problem Which uh, I think you learn learned about Halfway through the episode He was supposed to be there uh, This guy that we talked to is Brad Meltzer uh, A legendary writer, comic book writer uh, Also a TV host A super great guy and This is a fascinating episode for anyone who's interested in getting into writing So here we go The Nerdist Podcast episode number 71 With Brad Meltzer
2: Now entering nerdist.com. Hmm, I think I know anything about science, which I don't. That's balancing. There we go. That's
1: balanced. All right. So we have water. Everything's set. Yep. Water. We're
2: here. in Jonah's empty uh, seat. Yeah, we're
1: here in Jonah's empty seat. Jonah's not here yet. Jonah Ray's not here He'll yet. He'll be here. He's working on something, and he, he was. He, we were supposed to record. We were all going to record Scarborough Country this morning. He didn't make it. Jonah couldn't make it because he he got he got caught up at work. And he said, uh, but I'll be there, too. And then, you know, so he's, it's not, he's, not being, he's not being lazy that he's not
2: here. He's legitimately working. He's doing working. work, folks, for uh, once.
1: Yeah. For once, he, he's doing some, some really hardcore work. Uh, and so uh, we, can't, we can't get angry and blame no. him uh, for this, uh, I quite, angry, quite frankly, though. disrespectful fuck-up. on uh, I'm about. totally <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> That's the voice of Brad Meltzer. Brad, thank you for coming on the Nerdist Podcast.
0: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
1: Of course. Uh, Brad, you're a nerd. We were talking before about, because I said we did the, we did Sklarborough Country, which is going to go up way before this will. Um, but uh, uh, Matthew Myra yes. is uh, a person who understands sports. And you said, <laughs> I, I will understand the least amount of sports. And, and I said, no, I, I will understand less than you. And Jonah will understand even less than that. Were he here, he could back that up. Uh, but, uh, but the Sklar's have a great way of making sportsy stuff accessible.
0: Yeah, I don't even care if it's successful. They understand it. I mean, they, and they come to me and they'll be like, "Yeah, you know, isn't it funny that's just like when uh, I, in the part I'm, I'm trying to finish the joke, I can't even finish the joke because I, all I can think of is Reggie Jackson. The, the, o- the only sport. In, its like Reggie Jackson and Bucky Dent—is all I got. Now, the only reason, reason I know Reggie oh, Jackson, we have to the, only know, Bucky
1: the only reason I know Reggie Jackson is because uh, because of Naked Gun. That 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 oh. that—that's that, that, how I know you Reggie Jackson.
0: Don't know Jackson. The Reggie Bar. Don't you
1: remember
0: the candy bar. No, uh, I remember candy bar. I, Mr. I, I remember,
1: October. I Reggie Jackson. I wouldn't know that. that He only hit. He only played in October.
0: No, I, uh, I didn't.
2: well, October is the playoffs, and he was so good in the playoffs, hitting home runs left and right that they called so him Mr. October. So they just Mr. named October. him after the
1: month. Boy, Mr. that is October. typical of sports That is fans. what you'd want to
2: be. That's that's sports fan right there. And then right they named. Uh,
1: hey, he's so uh, hitting these fan man in the month of October. We should call him after this month.
2: But that's when the playoffs happen, so he comes through in the clutch. What do they call him Mr. Playoffs? Well, no, that's stupider.
1: Well, you can't you can't grant him. But the it's funny because month of October, years and you can't years give later,
2: him a whole calendar month. <laughs> years and years later, they named A Rod Mr. April. Oh my God! We're giving <laughs> because he does nothing. He does it when it doesn't count. It doesn't matter.
1: Hey, the only April <laughs> I want to see is a oh, a fold out of a naked magazine. Right. You look like you wanted a, to say a, something Of a more. girl
2: named April, or uh, they,
1: that, well, yes, yeah, April and April. April
2: and April. And then April. she's having
1: sex with another girl named April. So it's April
2: and April and April. Could be April. What's her name? Deeper. April O'Neill. Could be April O'Neill, the porn, I, the porn lady. That
0: one I know. Oh, see. I can but the go. sad part is she's very attractive. I thought April O'Neil was isn't is she the Ninja Turtles? Uh...
2: I believe that's where she got her name from.
0: Yeah, see, I know that's the, I pretty much proved it right there. <laughs> the porn star and I go, isn't that the teenage mutant Ninja Turtles uh, leader? That's how we back into well, everything. She's not a leader. That's, that, that's how the nerd community that's backs where she into got everything. The name.
2: I, th- I would assume, right? You don't just pull mean, April O'Neil out of that nowhere. The
0: porn star comes out of the Ninja Turtles? The that's, Freemasons
2: that's probably stuff. did it, Brad. It
0: probably was. uh Oh, oh, the
1: Freemasons. Did you already talk about this?
2: Oh, we talked about it a little bit. Okay, we're going to well, we're no, gonna we're get to, about it later. We're going to get to decoding as we move uh, on
1: in in just a second. By the way, April O'Neil does listen to this podcast. I ran into her in oh. uh, at, hello uh, CES slash AEE
2: mm-hmm. when
1: I when I did my little. Uh, my little uh, <laughs> ménage with the two with the two giant uh, conventions
2: uh, and she's very sweet she was very sweet
1: there's a lot of there's a lot of interest. I, I you know I'm fascinated. There's a lot of interesting, funny girls in the porn world right now.
2: There are also a lot of damaged, sad people in the porn
0: industry. Yeah, I mean I, if you wanna, I feel like you, you know really if you wanna talk be, about, if <laughs>
2: you
1: really wanna talk about the majority of what's I'd be like happening, 90-10. See, my favorite
0: sure. for star moment is I, I was at uh, San Diego a couple years ago, and, and there was on the right hand side they had you know how they always bring like the big booby girls to like attract sure. the nerds and they of course. And so Who they have that right. And so now they have a whole on the right hand side is that, and on the left hand side there was a guy who had all these superpowers action figures um, that were for sale, you know? And, and the sad part was, is as I walked down the aisle, it was the superpowers booth that was absolutely filled and the movie girls were nowhere and everyone was like, do they got a cyborg figure back here? And, I, and, was, and the sad part for me is I looked at it and I went, they got cyborg there? And I literally walked over, and so that was pretty <laughs> So, much all standard. I could think
1: of is when you said Superpowers Booth was that the actor Powers Booth uh, was in some sort <laughs> of nuclear accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which would have Superpowers, yeah. Which totally would have helped him. Uh, uh, that would have
0: saved the career.
1: Th- well, yeah, and it also would have helped him uh, take over Swearingen's joint uh, from the Bella Union uh, to take over Swearingen's joint. I was not the only
2: person who saw Deadwood in this room, right? No, but I feel like. Uh, our audience might not have watched *Deadwood*.
1: I think our audience watch watched Deadwood. *Deadwood*. Are you I fucking Deadwood. kidding me? I think they that, that, that was one of the nerdiest. No, that, that, that was, yeah. show was. They swore
0: a lot, and that hurt me. Yeah, but 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 you well, know, yeah, David Mills—that immediately attracts it. It's like a it's like a, the fireflies right there. They're coming right to it.
2: *Deadwood* is *Deadwood* is fantastic to burn through.
0: Fast. And then disappointing in the end when yeah, you realize well. that
2: it's not ever going to pay off.
0: <laughs> yeah, I never. I will say that there's. I never watched it, and I wanted to. It was one of my blind spots, and, and I wanted to watch. My buddy Noah, who actually loves your podcast, and is, of course now I got to because I said his name, tell him that everyone should have sex with him. But um, yeah, he, please, actually not? With he, you know, he said, but he he would he would be like, you know, he, and he sends like things like just an email that just says Deadwood. And that, That's the argument. That's his entire argument. It would be like that. I'm like that, That's it. That's what you got. And it, but that's his way of getting me to watch. It, but I never. Are you want
1: sure to. That, that that's on him saying that he wants to have sex but can't because no, no. of oh, a physical ailment?
0: No, no, he can't. But he can't. He actually. He's can. saying dead wood. Like yeah. He's no. Got he, a, the best part is he's on Twitter now, bitching and moaning. But he's actually. <coughs> awesome. he, he's the last thing he, he emailed me is he went to the bathroom, um, he weighed himself, and then he went to the bathroom and took a dump, and then he weighed himself again. And then he knew the exact weight of his dump. Of and course. Was like, and then he just wrote and wrote like, you know, six ounces. And that was the argument. <laughs> and, I was like, and I wrote back. We might like, have a little buddy. more trouble getting
1: this guy laid. <laughs> yeah. Although, if our podcast did have that kind of power. Uh, actually, Noah's no, we don't, we don't have that kind of power. Right. We can't get people laid. Yes, no, you can. I don't. We I could. We could.
0: I my goal would be if you can if you can find a girlfriend from my Noah is the guy who I named the calculator after an identity crisis. Oh wow! And I said to him, why don't you put? And the best part is, is when he googles himself now, instead of his like real name coming up as Noah Cutler, he comes up as the calculator. So like he, you know, people are like, wow, you're a supervillain, and I would think that would get you laid. That's pretty incredible. I think so. When I worked at
1: Nickelodeon, there was an executive there uh, uh, whose last name was was Poindexter. And he is the Poindexter from the Young MC song, Bust a Move, They Went to College Together. That's wow. A, that's
0: a That, absolutely. A hundred percent. But you can't, how do you prove it? Uh, Prove that he's with Young MC. I guess. I guess. Him.
1: I guess he has to be with Young MC, and Young MC is physically holding a word bubble that says, "I named him after this guy." Yeah, because I went
0: to I went to school. Pixar didn't happen. To camp with Anthony Leone, and he used to tell us that Mama Leone mm-hmm. in the Billy Joel song was his mama. Really? And I believed it for years. I was like, "Well, you know," because we still to go to the camp, and camp was we called the country. It mm-hmm. was called the country because it was out of Brooklyn, and if you were upstate New York, that was called the country. And he says, "Mama Leone left a note on the door, so it's you know out to the country." and... I was like, I totally believed him for years. In fact, I still believe him now. Of course, it's bull. You believe now? You're believing. (laughs) Well, because
1: and I should (laughs) know this because my my girlfriend's name is Janet Varney, and for years she told everyone she was related to Jim Jim Varney just for the fuck of it. Yeah, why not? Uh, I believe it. And uh, and it was not. It turned out. It turned out not to be true although I'm sure in some, not to I'm sure in some in some way. I mean, she didn't she, she right. didn't tell people that for any kind of uh, gain. gain. Right. This was when she was in grade school. You know, she said that they were related.
0: I saw Jim Varney's, I remember the last movie. I went and saw it in the theater for the 99 cents. The last Ernest movie. Oh, which uh, one was that? Africa? I think it, uh, maybe it wasn't the last. Then <laughs> there clearly might have been a last. I think it was at Camp. We're probably just camp.
2: to camp. I feel like Africa after was that. after Africa. that. I didn't know it was Africa. Okay. Yeah. That
0: sounds like a bad, uh, sad movie, Brad, actually.
1: <laughs> Brad, you're a writer. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah, let do We're going to do a very meta. Uh, we're going to do, do Jim Varney's final movie, and it's going to be a meta movie. It'll be uh, Jim Varney Wants Brains, and it's Jim Varney's Zombie. Uh, has dragged itself out of the earth and is now trying to devour Wait, Vern's he, brains. He,
0: he, he's not dead. He's, he's way fast. dead. Yeah. He's dead. Yeah. He's, oh, been, de- he's wow. been dead for like a decade. So this is you know, really yep. tasty the in many ways. I love it. Bad yeah, re- yeah, really yeah. No, no. Okay. Yeah, to...
1: and so we just hey, Vern! like you wouldn't even have to do a spot on Jim Varney. You just have to have the vest and the. Yeah, oh
2: yeah. They nice. had to recast Slinky Dog in Toy Story Three. Oh man yeah. Oh, they did. I yeah. didn't
0: think about that. I thought that about it. down.
1: Well, if they really cared about him, they would use a Ouija board to summon him through a medium.
0: The thing is, is when you look at that first one, it's kind of like the uh, the lady in in uh, where's the beef. The first ones are gold. Clara Peller. Clara Peller, love her. <laughs> she Clara Peller still like it's still gold to me. You can't take it away from me. It doesn't matter that they milked it and killed it. Yeah. Like the first Jim Marney is still funny to me. I just the like first the
2: one. first Matrix movie. We the first Matrix movie? movie, yeah. The
0: first Matrix. I st- I just did a thing where they asked me to do the best uh, best conspiracy movies, and and the Matrix was. On, it went down on the list, obviously, because of the last two, which yeah. I hold against the first one as if it's personal for me, which it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first one is still golden. Where we was the same exact
1: conversation with Kevin Smith, where it was just yeah. like, you blame, you get so angry about, about the second two?
0: Or, or the first three, hypothetically, George Lucas. Right. I, I mean, that's it, right? You well, they're talking about doing two more. That, so like that's two more. Which, are the matrices. Yeah, no, I don't do that.
1: You know, what makes me. You know, what makes me feel know, inside. That one's go off my list. What makes what it makes me feel inside when I watch the second two is. Uh, it's that episode of The Simpsons where they add Poochie, add Poochie the dog, where they add Poochie the dog, and they all gather around to watch, and uh, Poochie keeps them from getting to the fireworks factory, and Milhouse starts crying and goes, "When are they going to get to the fireworks factory?" Like I feel the same way about The Matrix too. Like when are they going to go back into the Matrix? <laughs> right
0: it's, oh, it's so sad. Yeah, and even the even the like little like you know supposedly like turn us on. Uh, orgasm scene with a woman like which was really just the gratuitous thing to make the fanboys go like oh look there's an orgasm on screen even that wasn't working like, right. that, if you can't make that work and that was but, I, but there are ways to redeem it like for me the Star Wars movies with my son who's nine years old I made him watch like I was so kind of angry at the first three that what I did with the, with the third it, I actually started obviously of course with A New Hope mm-hmm. and then I didn't tell him that there were any more movies and I made him wait I, want, I didn't want him to just consume them mm-hmm. so what I actually did is uh, I just pretended there were no other movies, and I made him wait six months to watch a new movie. Very and smart. then I'd be like, because okay, I, I felt like if he just watched them, it would just be like you, you
2: know, withheld the Empire Strikes. I back. withheld the
0: Empire Strikes Back for six months, and then he got a little older. and I gave him that, and then I gave him Jedi. And then I, I, ha- I had no choice but to go back. But it was interesting because my nephew, I didn't, he didn't do that. My, my, my uh, brother-in-law, he actually let him watch all of them from the start, and he had no joy in his life, and he's a miserable kid now. And he, he basically, <laughs> and he also had no shock and surprise from Yoda. Right? He saw Yoda. I mean, think of it. That key moment is like when you watch it from the beginning you watch it in that order. And I kind of – I actually hate all Star Wars references and jokes now because even they all seem old. But um, it's amazing. W- with kids, you have to like – you have to take it into your own hands or else it just gets ruined for them. That's
1: very smart. You actually you actually became the entertainment business to your kids. I did. for For us. And by the way, if this makes you feel any better about the second and third Matrix, here's how I think of it. I imagine that the second and third Matrix – uh, that that that's Neo in the the Matrix, and it's the Matrix's uh, interpretation of what how the story would have continued. That he's still in a chair somewhere, and that those that, that those actually
0: were not the no, second, I, third Matrix I appreciate Matrix the movies. effort that goes into that, but it doesn't give me my eight dollars back. No,
1: no, or or your time. Yeah, or or your time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't care about my time. I care about my eight dollars. <laughs>
1: but you uh, uh, you're right. You, you you worked with Joss Whedon, and and uh, who is
0: a. Such a sweet guy, sweetheart, and and a, a genius. Uh, it's amazing. He and we have just very different brains. He, when we were working together, I have just a very plot-driven brain, mm-hmm. you know. And he, he basically sent out. When we were doing Buffy. He sent out this email to the people who were writing on it. And he said, you know, tell me what you want to write and tell me what you like, and any characters. And because he's you know again very generous and lets you pick out. He's like, I'm not going to force the story on you. If you love Xander, you want to tell your ultimate Xander story, go to it, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, and my plate, my brain needs plot. I do. I, it's like to me, that's a clothesline to hang the characters on. I uh-huh. need to know what they're doing, and so I instead, of, you know, most people wrote back and said, "Oh, I want to do Xander in Japan," and you no, know, and then they got to do Xander in Japan. And I wrote back like. Uh, if you, you know, when you watch Jerry Maguire and he writes his letter, like the the mission letter. Uh-huh. I wrote this, like, mission letter that was, you know, three pages, single spaced, insane, you know, with an entire idea for how the universe works and how the Buffy universe should exist and all that stuff. And it was just like fanfic, you know, to the word, including the sex and everything else. And I wrote it to him and I said, um, you know, either if you don't like this, just delete it and just say I'm sorry and I'm fired and it's okay. And he wrote back and said, you know, there are some things I, I hate, there are some things I like, but I want you to write the penultimate thing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, now i got to do this thing. But what was amazing <coughs> is when he got on the phone, my brain is going plop, plop, plot, and his brain just goes character, 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 which I admire so much because that comes so naturally to him as much as plot comes much more naturally to me even though I still have to struggle with it. And I, I'm just fascinated because to do character, 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 you just have to have – um, a depth of emotion that I clearly have none of. <laughs> but I, I mean, when he would talk, I'd be like, "Yeah, you know these characters really well. Good job."
1: So when you're when you're writing, that, that, that's a very that's very interesting that you say that because I'm I'm in the process of writing a book now, and I, previously I had just written you know like feature link magazine articles and, and blog posts, and so you know, there was a time where like oh, oh four thousand words, uh, that's that's a, that's a little bit of, and now when I look back. I've learned so much just in the process of writing writing this book, and to hear you say that you uh, you you sort of wrote the the, the character bible uh, before you actually started, you know, like you wrote his story before. I mean, you, before you started writing what you were going to write.
0: Oh, I have to do six months of character. You
1: you, you really need to like that's what I'm learning with the book is that I had to I had to write the outline first. And then that informs – it's not like you sit down and go, well, I'm just going to start writing 55,000 well, words. You know,
0: some people do. Some people sit down and say, let's see where the day takes me. My character will take me to a magical place. I can't do that. I write mysteries. I write thrillers. I need to know who done it. So I need to know who to leave out of the room while the done it's happening. But I, the one thing I do is I don't plot the whole thing, though. Mm-hmm. Because I once plotted a whole book start to finish, and it was no fun to write because there was nothing spontaneous about it. I just It was like following – you know, it was like playing connect the dots. It's not really that fun.
1: And it really is interesting when you're sitting down to write and you just have a, you have a general idea, maybe thematically or just an idea that you want to get across, just the way that in the moment your brain expresses things that you nev- never would have thought of if you just sat
0: there really hard and, and tried no, to... Yeah, it's the, pro- the whole... Pro- I promise you, when you get to the end of your book you're going to come back around, the snake's going to swallow its tail, and you're going to start rewriting the beginning because you're going to know your characters so much well, better. Well, it's,
1: it's, 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 it's a nonfiction book. It's its like a time management book for nerds. But yeah, then I, you won't do any of that. I won't do any of that. Uh, but what I probably will do is go back and rewrite some of the stuff from the beginning because yeah. I feel like the voice got you know, sure. like developed more, you know, halfway
0: through it. No, and, and, you'll, and that is always, and that's I still do that. I still, when I get to the end, go, oh, now I know the character so much better, let's go back. And, you, you know, you find, even when you're doing nonfiction, when I did I did this book Heroes for My Son and I got back and I was like, you know what, I finally saw the thread that was emotionally pulling through this thing mm-hmm. that I didn't have at the beginning, but when I saw it 50 times in a row... It's kind of like when you study for a final, right? You don't understand the class the entire semester. Well, this is my life here, but I don't understand the class the entire semester. And then in the finals, I'm like, wow, I wish I knew that because I would have actually enjoyed that class. Right. Because now I see the thread that was actually going through here.
1: And, and so what, I, what I'm curious about is because I, I think it's very important to uh, understand what your productivity chunks are. And I know that I'm, I'm good for an hour, hour and a half of, you know, uninterrupted, like I can spit out a bunch of stuff for an hour and a half. Can you? Can you write like it's a job? Like you write for eight hours or my ten hours a day. My superpowers.
0: First, my superpowers. I can sit. I can sit for. I mean, if there were sitting, con- I can. Undistracted? sit. Undistracted. Undistracted. I can sit and not move like like Stone Boy. I mean, I can sit like nobody's. I mean, and I and I. My one rule is sit there. Even if you have nothing to write, sit there. That is so. That is okay? so important. But I will say when I get stuck, like when you just like you know what I don't know what they should do here on this moment. Then I will use distractions. I'll use the internet. I'll use my pal Noah. I'll call him up. I'll do stuff like that. Because to me, the moment you step in the shower is when the phone rings, uh-huh. so when I'm stuck, I will use a distraction on purpose. Oh, but I force myself to treat it as a job.
1: I think it's a, you know I think it's really important, and I wish I did it more. I, I I did a I worked on a cartoon for years called Barnyard that this guy named Steve Otokirk sure, executive produced. Barnyard. And so Steve, we were talking about you know the the, the writing process, and I said you know did I he uh, use a thumb? He we we had thumb yeah yeah, yeah. we did the, <laughs> the thumb. And uh, that was a good bit. That was a good bit. I love that bit. <laughs> I wish they would bring, I wish he, I know he was trying to develop the thumbs for some other stuff. I hope, I hope he brings them back. Okay.
2: Uh, yeah, you're going to single handedly <laughs> bring them back.
1: You're going to single handedly bring them back with this podcast. But, uh, <coughs> but I said, you know, it's so, you know, it's so hard because I, I want to get up and I want to write every day. I think it's very important. Stand up is, is one of those things that's very difficult to do that with for me because, you know, it, it's, it's trying to figure out, it's not really a long story. You're just kind of writing short form bits. And uh, and I said, you know, I'll just sit there, and I guess it's sort of important just to sift, just to get the crap out of my brain. And he said, yes, it's important to do that because it sets you up for the good moments that you will have that's later. Exactly. You have to you have to you have to get all that shit out right. before you can get to the good stuff. So that's why. So even just for the exercise of doing it regularly, just to get
0: the wheels turning, he said, was very important. No, it's Gertrude's time, right? To write is to write is to write is to write. I treat. You know, I read this. Um, When I first started writing, I went into a bookstore and and read all the stuff about working at home because I was terrified. I was like, you know, I don't have anyone to speak to, and I like to speak to people sometimes. Um, And they said basically the rule that I read, and I took it because it just seemed like the gospel, is I get up in the morning, they said, uh, go walk around somewhere. Get out of your house because if you don't, you're never going to feel like you went anywhere. You're going to just be stuck in your home life as opposed to your work life. Mm -hmm. So I do that, and then it said... um, it said, just write, you know, just keep doing it, even if it's bad. And what I do is I write the entire day, and it's like squeezing a sponge dry. And sometimes I'll peter out. I can write from 10 in the morning until about 4. Oh, that's I mean, great. But, but so jealous. it used to be I used to write eight pages in that time, and then I started writing six pages, and then I was happy if I got three pages. Now I'm happy if I get two pages. I, I, my rationalization is I'm writing better, right? But it's not. It's just that, and then when I get to the end of the day, I never look back at what I wrote. But the next day I start by going through what I wrote. And then you see what crap it was, but you can cross out the crap and keep the good. Right. And having you need crap there to find the good. You have to have you have to wade through something. So I think Odenkirk is on the money. I mean, you have to get it down. Well, and 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 in stand-up, wading through the crap,
1: wading through the crap is you know sometimes that's when you're workshopping stuff on stage and you you know. I was going to really... say to me,
0: stand-up, like, and I, I do my own. You know, it's not a comedy like you do comedy, but to me, you can only do it in front of an audience. You see, you feel that moment of what works. You know that you write that joke, and then you see, like, I had a line last night. That I was talking about, and I and I actually said it in a different way, just by accident, and the audience totally reacted to it. And and I, you can't find that sitting alone in my room. It has to be kind of well, thrown I, into the. Well, I
1: I think I, because I think on, on a very I think on a very deep <laughs> molecular level, what's happening is you know uh, your unconscious mind is essentially you know if you're if you're a focused performer is is is, is has already taken in. It's sort of the Malcolm Gladwell thing. You've already taken all the, all the surroundings. You just don't realize that right. you have. And so you've connected with all these people. You know, if you're really connected with them, stuff's going to come out the right way that you couldn't have predicted because, you know, you're, you're in that moment. Right. But you're comfortable. But, it's, but I don't think it's an accident. I think, I think on a deep level, your brain knows what it's doing. You just... You just can't force it. You just can't force it to happen, it's and you're not aware of it that it's happening.
0: That's true. What happened last night? Because it was actually being <coughs> honest in a way that I wouldn't have been honest with the audience. Mm-hmm. I was holding back my own. Like I wasn't going to say this about this woman because I used to date her, and I said what I really thought, and it was funnier. But I would have never given him that. So it was my subconscious saying, "Schmuck, it listen. is."
1: You know, because I think, uh, you know, many times. Uh, you can write something that you think like, oh, this joke is going to be, this is going to be a closer here. And it's always a kiss of death. And I think part of, I think, yeah. I, think the, I think the problem that happens with those jokes are twofold. Number one, if you think something is too funny, it's probably too inside your own right, head. Right, right. And yeah. other people can't relate to it. Um, and it's like when I used to do this, op- you know, like years ago, I used to do this open mic at the Westwood Brewing
2: Company. Yeah, yeah, and job.
1: sometimes, because it's all comics doing open mic, sometimes stuff that killed too hard there would not work in other rooms because it was just too inside. It was just too insular.
0: I I mean, you have to... Listen, that's rule right. Know your audience. Rule
1: number one. And the other thing that happens is I think when you are presenting a joke that you think is hilarious, it comes from a different... Place in your brain right. than yeah. no, those sort of precious. organic it's moments. A precious
0: moment of long, absolutely. I mean, you, can, you can't. You can't force them. Can't be as good, right? But no. I
1: agree. What What show did you do last
0: night? Uh, I just I present every night when I go on book tour. What mm. I do is I turn it into you know an open mic and then a Q and A and all that. And I was just telling the story of these, you know, my two my two little crushes from third grade who I was in love with and and basically. But I like to do comedy. I mean, that's where it comes from, and I would like to make people laugh. And people come and they think they're buying a book. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, you know, again, not that I think I'm a stand-up, not that I, I do any sort of that stuff, but it's just a funny story. And so I was just telling it last night, and suddenly the audience really started laughing. And, you know, you feel it. And in a big room, it was a, actually a big room, which mm-hmm. I think are much harder to perform in because you can't, you can't read the audience as well, especially when half the room was empty because I was me and nobody came. <laughs> but, the, uh, but beyond that, I, I could read the – I mean, I couldn't read it as well, oh, but I, I felt there, the audience suddenly explode, and I was like – Oh, I'm going to use that. And then suddenly that's the new way to do it. I'll do that tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you know what's what's really funny about about a bit is that you can have a you can have a bit that's not kind of working or not working and then something happens in a moment or just a way that you tweak it or just some some way you you can ultimately connect it with an audience and then they respond to it in a huge way. And then from then on, usually the bit and you're like, what it changed? And, I and I love it's that. just something about it's just fact. something about the chemistry, and something about your brain, and something about how you're you know you're more comfortable with uh, see, it. I was gonna say
0: it's all about comfort. To me, that's what people read. What people read is when you're comfortable being. I think everything that we've spoken about is all about one thing, and that's being yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like you said, you write in short form, and short form, and short form. You don't actually. What you're trying to get to, like, and I know you talk about this on on the podcast. You talk about how. Um, you know, you want to be a there's a comedian, and then there's a comedian who comes for you. Not that people are coming just you know because they like comedians, but they mm. want to come and see Chris. Yeah. And to me, the difference for that is you being yourself. That's what they're coming for. It's not because you're talking about things that are nerdy or you're talking about you know the Matrix. It's because they feel you. And when you get to that comfort level where they feel you, that's when it, you know you're not telling a joke to an audience. It's like now it's a joke among friends, which is the best kind of joke.
1: I compl- I could not agree more. And those and those are the people that you want to perform for. Because you will obviously have more to say to them, and you sure. don't
0: have to. You don't have to pander. You don't no, have to. But you put me in Boca Raton, Florida, among the Jews. That's my favorite audience, right? Because <laughs> one, I'm half, I'm related to half of them, so I laugh at anything. So that's good. But the, the truth is, I'm myself. I, I'm. And and for me. It took me years before. I mean, you look at my earliest interviews that I did when I started writing, and I would do what the publisher said. I wouldn't. I wouldn't ever lie. But I was just, you know, happy guy, happy to be here. Everything's good. And why? Because I was afraid to be myself. You're yeah. afraid to put yourself out there.
1: Not only that, Brad, but it's. I think the other challenge is that um, a lot of people don't know who they are. Like, it, like yeah. in the stand-up process True and in the writing said, process, it, it's not. It's not just. It's 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 a combination of well, not only am I not comfortable with who I am, I don't even know <laughs> no, who that right, is. That's it, right. You don't,
0: yeah. I, I think that's exactly right. And that's right.
1: why it takes so long for comics to find their voice because you know, most people in their lives are never required to try to get that perspective on themselves because they just react to things. And it becomes very different when you start saying, well, how, how do I normally react to things? It's sort of like how you just learn English because that's a language that you're brought up around. But when you start learning another language, you're like, what? what's the subjunctive tense? Like, right, you, you right, right. don't think
0: of it as a structure and, 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 a, and a process. Right. But I, think, but, I, but I even think, even when you do know who you are, I mean, I look at my first novel, that first character I ever wrote is me. Right? I know it's me not on purpose. it's just because all I was was energy mm-hmm. right I was just like so excited to be on the written page that I was going, you know what I'm gonna put myself out there 100% and I didn't even realize I was putting myself out there. I just everyone I wrote was me, every character was me. in the new novel, it's me, but on purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's a better and and more on purpose than ever before, but it's a more complex character because I'm not afraid to say that I'm, I'm nervous, I'm anxious, I'm strong, and I'm weak. And, you know, all those things, which I would never do in the first book. I would hide all the negatives and give you all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. And part of it's comfort, part of it's understanding, part of it's getting older. But I do think that there's a tipping point where you get, you know, you navel gaze so much that you lose your edge. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think, like, there's that... You know, there's, like, the 20-year-old comedian, and then there's, like, that 30-year-old where you're in your, you know, that 30 to maybe early 40 where you're in your prime. Uh-huh. And then when you get older, right, you see these guys who get older, and they, they lose something. And well, I don't know if it's that they got too comfortable. their marbles. I don't know if it's money. I don't know what it is, but I it's think, interesting. I think, I
1: think there are two things, because I think, I mean, if you really think about it, a, a lot of comics, a lot of big comics really don't hit until they're in their 40s.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, and hit big, yeah, and hit, yeah. Hit, early hit early forties. Yeah. I mean, there, you know, there there
1: are a few exceptions. Chris Rock is an exception. Chappelle right. is an exception. Dane Cook was an exception, uh, but most of them don't really hit huge, huge until until their forties because it takes about that long. But I think, I think what happens, and I and I think this is one of the, one of Carlin's big things. It's it's just about. Uh, I think it's it's an energy thing and a comfort thing and and if all of a sudden you're a mega multimillionaire number one
0: well that you, just takes away your you're not own having edge. the same right. experience no, 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 that no, other people right. have you're
1: that's not right. you're not hungry anymore no, when you lose that hunger and that's you don't it. have the energy you just don't really fucking feed. the the comic gene is a defective thing where you say. I, I I need to make people like what I'm saying. Sure. And then when you get older, you just kinda get more comfortable with who you are it's right, like, don't yeah, I don't give a much, fuck right? what anyone right. thinks
0: yeah. anymore. No, no, that's right. But I also I do think though that uh Actually, you were, what were we just talking? Because I actually, I, I, I was on the money with what you were saying. And now I forgot. It, it was my, it was actually the most brilliant point I was going to make. 40s, no, people, people in their 40s, people in their 40s. Uh, um, people Older, Canadians. older, games. Something a cat would say. Okay. <laughs> Ready, go. <laughs> so, right. I will tell you, though, that speaking of uh, the 50000 or $100,000 pyramid, I got to stay home from school one day because John Cremonti's mom was on it. And Shelly Duvall was giving clues. And I totally knew she was going to lose. And I was mad at my mom because she wouldn't let me gamble on it because I knew the answer. Oh, that's But I did hilarious. get to stay home from school for that. That has nothing to do with. it. Who,
2: cool. who would, would you have go. put that bet in with?
0: All uh, right. I mean, I was like <laughs> in seventh grade, but I mean, i would have taken uh, Andrew Goldberg's money. And, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. It. All right. It, so
1: we were talking about we were talking about comics in their forties. We I was talking about Louis. I talked about. Uh, I talked about. Um,
2: uh boy! I wish we could just go back and listen to this uh, someday. Yeah, we'll have the technology. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: No. Listen, if it pops it's back in your back head, head, spit it out. And no yeah, matter yeah, what we're talking no, about, yeah.
1: Um, but uh, yeah, it just—it just—I think it's just a comfort thing. I think people just get—they—they they just don't really care what other people think anymore. And when you know, like, if, if you don't have that motivation of like, oh, I got to get out there and say something because I have all this energy inside me, then you're just not gonna. You know, you're just not gonna. I'm sure a lot of comics stop watching comedy as they get older because yeah, that's if sure. they just get tired of it. I can see your head. You're
0: literally I gotta get back to it because it really was the point that I, I 100 like. I feel like is what life is all about, and it's that important to me. So I'm just gonna sit here in silence.
1: Okay, let's just let's just give Brad a moment of silence. Mm-hmm.
0: Son of a bitch! I'm getting I hate getting older like this. No, but I do think you know it was something you said about Chris Rock. That's what I was thinking about. Chris it. Rock. Yeah, it Was, something was, about Chris was Rock. it Chappelle? No, no, and it was and Carlin. Who were, I mean, you're talking about my heroes here. But I do think I'm um, sorry, I have totally wrecked this whole thing. No, you had there. You can't no. wreck this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> got, yeah. Let's see. Let's see if we can. See, if right. is, please.
2: Yeah, but I, It but can I, be done. It's, it's awesome. the
0: Lusitania. Oh shit. I <laughs> know. Uh, I like the Lusitania. That's a good reference more better than Titanic. <laughs>
1: well, I, Titanic, well,
2: both is Cunard the and one. luxury liners of, yeah. of the same era or ilk.
0: Um, but yeah, but I do think as you get, I think there is something that as you get older and you, you know, you it's not even about losing your edge or about losing what you interact with. I think you just. Uh, I don't know, there's, there's something that's in, that's in you that, that gets broken, and you, either whether you fix or whether you fix on purpose. And, and it's going to drive me crazy until I think about it. So I'm going to let you take us to our next topic. Where
1: that's, fine, that's fine. That's um, fine. Let's talk a little bit about Decoded, um, because uh, when, I, when I said you were coming on, I, I have to be honest. Now, Matt, who is a huge Matt, – Matt is there – there are three things that I know Matt loves. Yes. Uh, Matt loves the Boston Red Sox, That's which true. that means very little to me. I don't understand sports. Matt uh, also loves NASA. Any any historical uh, NASA, NASA yeah, stuff. NASA. He's a NASA nerd. NASA. And uh, he loves history stuff. Loves yes. history stuff. Yeah. And I so I too. said I said and this this should be a compliment because this means that, that he <laughs> watched the show. But I said, you know, Brad Meltzer's gonna come on. Uh, you know, he you know, he hosts the show decoded.
0: And Matt said they always blame it on the Freemasons. <laughs> I said, "Which episodes did you watch?" And he goes, "He tells me which two episodes." I'm like, "Yeah, those are the Freemason ones." <laughs> <laughs> the whole season. The best that's
2: part is, all that was out at
0: that I know, point. The I thing, think. the thing that I actually like is we. What I like about the show is we always they always everything is blamed on the Freemasons. We do <coughs> the same, which is like people. The Freemasons are not eating your babies. I promise you,
2: they're still in your car. But what they're do not you think babies. about the fact that I heard? And I said this on the Kevin Smith one, I believe, and it was, I remembered who told me it was Tom Lennon who told me this. Uh, the Freemasons, when you get to the thirty-third level of yeah, Freemasonry, yeah. they kill you momentarily and then bring you back to life, so there are no more secrets.
0: No, I, it, it, <laughs> what they, if they do that? It's, I would, I mean, it's like it's all there. With the protractor, mission, I don't know. Yeah, with the, pro, the, the with the level, right? The um, and their right angles. The whole thing <laughs> is that they, they they fake it. The cool one of the here's the coolest nerdy thing about the Freemasons. They have a one of their induction ceremonies, one of their, uh, when you get one of the degrees, is based on this harem story, and it's basically about lowering into a pit, and you have to lower him down into a pit, and I'll, I'll spare you the whole story of harem and what it's supposed to be. But it's actually the moment in Raiders when he goes down on the rope into the snake pit. Holy shit. That's the recreation of the degree that they do in Freemasonry. That And it's built into the Raiders. I love that. I love that stuff. I mean, that to me is like, I'm like, okay, now we're talking about interesting Freemason stuff to me. And the Freemason guys are like, that's what you care about, the Raiders connection. I'm like, it's Raiders, man. It's the, you
1: never told me there'd be snakes.
0: Yeah, and that's good. I like that. Too. That's fantastic. That's no, true. That's exactly where it comes from. What do you think of National Treasure. You know, I can't bitch about it because let's be honest, I wouldn't have decoded if the National Treasure didn't work, right? Right. History Channel would have never tried to do anything like this if that didn't work. Um, But I don't know. I guess I like my, you know, and I and I love the movie, and I, you know, it's fun. It's but you know what it is, you know what you're getting in it, and I just like my stuff a little bit more grounded in reality. I, you know, I don't like the for me, and I guess it's good on film, but like you know, when you look at the clue and go, you know, it's like right out of. Adam West Batman it's like oh my gosh I know what it means it's the Resolute Desk which had this and it was made by this and such maker and on so, and, so. and I'm like that's just too fast I don't care how good you are like even Sherlock Holmes wasn't that fast
1: you know, that's how good he was though yeah, he was well, good he was very
2: if he good if you were that good John Voight really raised him well,
1: well. he raised him the first him well. one was fun he got to nail Diane Kruger
2: yes a lot of good so things That's good. That's a,
1: that's
0: a that good worked out pretty too. well yeah, I like that that was a good part of the movie
1: you know what made me mad though this, this made me mad at the end of the movie this is going to just show what a materialistic cock I am uh, when, uh, <laughs> when, they when when they when they offer him up one percent yeah yeah when they offer him one percent of the treasure which would have you know been worth a you know a billion dollars or, or, yeah. or whatever it was yeah. and he was like it's too it's too much wealth for one man like no it's really yeah, not you sure, should just yeah. fucking taken it the, like his entire
0: family tree was wrecked for, in, the, in pursuit of this treasure hey, uh, didn't he get didn't but he, he end up to, taking no, got, some money he got a car that was the thing he had like then he have a Ferrari he had a Ferrari and like, and I, was like, and a I believe
2: an estate. I yeah, think he took some paid, of you know, the money. Yeah, but he
1: only took $100 million as opposed to the billion that he could have taken. Oh, I see. And he could have, you know, like, he, like it, 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 his family completely wrecking their lives in pursuit of this treasure is worth the billion dollars. Like, just so take was, the just, fucking
0: billion dollars. I was just mad about the car. I was like, that's what you spend it on? I actually judge what he spends the money on. But it wasn't it
2: wasn't Nicolas Cage. Real Nicolas the Cage character. would have spent it was the money side on sidekick.
0: The role
1: that I probably would have read for if yeah. I uh, <laughs> You actually would have. Yeah, it's <laughs> like the snarky sidekick with the crazy. Messed up hair. That's, yep. a, that's not
0: overdone it at all. No, not at part. all. There's, there's a lot of more parts. It was like I'm the complete.
2: <laughs> Nick Cage played the complete opposite of his real character, which <laughs> is buy multiple houses and Ferraris.
0: Yes. <laughs> and yeah, and...
1: real Nick Cage would have taken the Ferraris <throat> after finding. But <laughs> not have to. The, sell real Nick Cage really, really does need to find lost treasure. What if he goes crazy? And he's like, oh, I better start looking for the clues on the money. The the he
2: bought two houses in New Orleans, like blocks from each other, like. Gen- that's
0: that's good, crazy, it's
2: fantastic, that's awesome to me. I, I actually him. love that.
0: I the thing about Nick Cage though, nothing. I don't care how many stories you have, it's the comic book collection, and, and his names is from Luke Cage. Yeah, you get. I don't care what you do, you get like. That awesome. his son
2: is named Khalel.
0: Yeah, that that's when you always go a little far. The Fons, if you name your kid the Fons, I'm okay with, but like the Kal-El thing, but. You know, Luke Cage, is that was good stuff. Because I would have made myself Coppola. I would have taken full credit. I would have been like, dude, my man's the man. I yep. respect people that change their name when their dad is famous and, like, say I'm going to go my way. Because I was fooled. He, it was a good secret ID for me. I didn't know it all.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, the truth is, I, you know, Nicolas Cage does some movies that are that I think are phenomenal. Dude, Moonstruck is a
0: brilliant movie. Moonstruck <laughs> is a great man's movie. Really I love the adaptation. Adaptation's a brilliant yeah. movie.
1: And, uh, you know, so so that's why I'm forgiving of Season of the Witch. Are
0: you? you forgiving of that?
1: Well, I mean, you know, you know, people have to work. You got to work,
0: and the thing is, Listen, everything can't be great. Everything he does. Can't be he great. does. My whole, my whole career is based on that theory. He
2: does have to work now.
1: <laughs> he really does have to work, now. And you know, the truth of the matter is, you just. I remember who we had this conversation with. Kevin Pollack, I think. You just don't ever really know how something's going to turn out. There are too many people involved uh, no. with, with editors and directors and studio people and, and lighting. Like, you just, there are too many
0: facts. It's surprising that any movie is ever good. When we did Jack and Bobby, they told me on the very first day, they were like, this is going to be like pushing water. You know, because I'm used to a novel. A novel is, you know, kind of like stand-up. It's your thing. Right, you—it's the house you build with your brain, mm-hmm. and you may have an editor, you may have someone that reacts to it and helps you along the way. But you know, it's your train to drive off the cliff. And they were like, and I would—we would write an episode of Jack and Bobby. Okay, we—you know—create the show, write the episode. You know, the showrunner would make some changes, the studio would ask for some changes, the network has for some changes. You'd have the stars of the show say, "I don't want to look like a jerk this week, Brad. Can you make me nice?" And the the, the <laughs> editing guy would make a a, a serious long scene. And say, well, we got a commercial break and tighten it. The music would, he'd take a really serious scene and put like a light ting, ting, ting on the piano that would make it a little comedy. Mm -hmm. And I would watch the episode that would have my name on it. It would say written by Stephen A. Cohn and Brad Meltzer. And I'd watch the episode and go, wow, I wonder what's going to happen next. Like it was (laughs) like just that. You have no idea what you're going to get. And that's, and, and, you know, the guys who, I remember when they first bought my first novel, I sat down with the two screenwriters and they came, they flew to DC. And they said, um, and I said, this is going to be good or is this going to be crap? You guys going to ruin this. You know, don't ruin my book. Mm -hmm. And I was such a schmuck, like young kid, you know, just excited to be there. And he said, listen, he's like, listen, you dumbass. He said, nobody goes out to make a bad movie. Mm -hmm. And I just sat there and I was like. Except for The Matrix 2 and 3. And Planet of the Apes remake. They did that on purpose. Um, And I literally was like, you're right. That's it. You can't control it. Nobody's, nobody says, oh, you know what? I got an idea. Let's make a sucky one. It's going to be awesome. Well, here, But here's what people don't understand. And, and, and here's what
1: sometimes people don't understand in the industry. And, and you know, I've had this conversation before as, as someone who's hosted stuff. Uh, and you, it, the same is true for you when your name is on the credit as a writer. But when, when people go in and, and, and fuck with things or, like, when they add a crazy sound effect or something – Uh, People watching aren't gonna go. That sound effects guy. What the fuck was he thinking? They're gonna go. Oh, written by Brad Meltzer. Oh, fuck. Why'd that guy fucking make that? They, 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 you know, because Uh, you you become the name and the face associated with it. So
0: people, most people, just think that you're responsible for every aspect of it, and they blame you for it. Right. See, Jack and Bobby. No one blamed me for anything because it was such a collaborative effort, right? And it wasn't my show. Decoded. It says my name above the title. Mm -hmm. Anything that goes wrong. Like if we pick a dumb thing, like you blame the Freemasons. Look, you see, he blamed it right on me. You see what he did? He was like, they get the a Freemasons. Like, it like it's my fault that the Freemasons did everything in the world, right? I mean, that's my fault. And might like, the be. thing is, it might be. It, wait, it, I don't it, know. Actually. they're crafty. They are they're crafty. Crafty, they are, they are. Are you
1: some kind of weird steampunk Freemason android?
0: You know what the best part is? Is there's a, there's a guy on the internet now that says because um, I, I did this photo that was in the paper, and and he literally is like Brad Meltzer's flashing Freemason signs. I guess my hands were in some Freemason pose, which I had no idea, and now all I do is write back to him and say, I was. (laughs) <laughs> I was. I absolutely was. And and I love that anything you do can be blamed on the Freemasons, so that's pretty much
1: how we they, They've ultimately from. become the, they're, they're like the brilliant scapegoats for everything. Yeah,
0: I mean, and that's the thing. We actually try and do the opposite on the show, but but back to the original point, like when you have your name on it, mm-hmm. that's what terrified me about the show is because there's so many people that are working on it, so many people that are putting themselves into it, and it's getting the same judgment as my novel. I get all the credit or all the blame. Yep. And it, it I don't mind that when I write a novel because I, I did it. It's true, right? yeah. It's true. I should get all the credit or same. all the same lane. with
1: stand-up. If I if I do a bad show, I get the, I get the responsibility for that, and I kind of like that. And
0: that, to me, I'm like, that's that's okay. It's my fault. Thank you for making me. Hopefully, is it, is right. it
2: your fault they drive around in a Porsche Cayenne all the Let time? Let me tell you something. That Porsche,
0: <laughs> it would have killed them to give me a free Porsche? Right. No, right? it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Like, I could fucking be bought. I have it a price. wouldn't. Like, exactly. I'm like, and I've made no bones about it. Although they did ruin my favorite joke.
2: You could win the contest though.
0: I, I and I do know the answer, so I'm going to. that. They don't know that. What, the, what joke do they ruin? They basically so on last week's episode, there's this moment where. Um, you know, so it's sponsored by Porsche, so Porsche's all over the thing. And and in the episode, it's all about the inner circle. My novel is is this, is this what the episode's about. And so it's all about George Washington spiring, and he had this spiring. And so they keep showing the book on the air. It's the most gratuitous hour of television of all time. Oh. So I basically at one point look at the camera, and I say, you know, I just want to promise you right now there'll be no more product placement on the show, except, of course, for that giant Porsche that they're driving around in, which is in the show, and it's a good joke, and everyone laughs. Oh, they would the never let part of the fly. Joke, oh, no, they let it fly, but here's what they ruined. Right after I say that, what to me is a great joke, and they actually left in, what they cut out is they pull out a little bit, and um, what you see is me reading my own copy of The Inner Circle. Oh, my own novel. And come then I on. look down and I go, oh Meltzer you've done it again <laughs> and it's the greatest moment and they're like you are so not as funny as you think you are and they just totally they trashed it and I was really pissed off but they keep most of my jokes in like of the that's right. it's been revived why? it's been why revived would, like, now Jim, like Jim Varney's why, body why
2: that's would right. Porsche want be like this is our show decoded that's our target audience because of the
0: demo it's <laughs> all about the demographic
2: that's it. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean, think about who watch. Think about history who channels, watches History Channel religiously. Like a, it's, it's like an it's, older it's, man. It's
0: like a man who can buy a Porsche. And it's, and and, and
1: people are generally you're fairly academic if you're watching. <laughs> right. A right. Watch
0: the History Channel, it, yeah. Except for know. the
1: ghost shows, I don't fucking understand. The ghost
2: it, shows man. aren't on the History Channel.
1: Yeah, no, they're not on the History Channel. I thought there. I thought there was. A, thought there was one ghost no. show on the history we have an channel. Alien. There's Ancient Aliens, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah Ancient yeah. Aliens. Uh, you got your
2: You got your Pawn Stars, your American Restorations, your American Pickers. Ancient
1: yeah. aliens, so they just did everything
2: with uh, with uh, with bronze tools, right? Well, what they did was they influenced society right. and made the Freemasons. Just, was, you took my line. I'm sorry. It's
1: my line right there. But we know now that actually it's the Doctor that influenced everything.
0: Well,
2: we know that. <laughs> <laughs> the Doctor? Doctor Who.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> you, now Noah's going. He's literally going right now. Doctor Who. I'm behind on Doctor Who. I'm on season three. So don't I know, I know, but I'm behind. But I like it. I don't I will say I don't I, I there's moments that I love, but I find it like X Files, I love the ones when it's the bigger picture doctor. I don't like the creature of the weak ones. I love the most brilliant ones that they do are the ones when you get that the, that moment where you find out he has a child. You know, that one second in the episode. Right. And, and then and he you fucks see in the heartbreak and they fuck with it. And that is my favorite
1: moment. A lot of a lot of and a lot of the you know, Stephen Moffat is responsible for a lot of the super mind bendy ones, which yeah. which
0: I absolutely love. Yeah. Uh, no,
2: and he's mind bending the whole Show now, it's like fun. I, I'm so happy that he took over.
0: I just like, uh, but I, but I, yeah, I don't like the creature. That That's
2: not are. to take away from Russell Davies, who apparently lives in Los Angeles now. So if you want to come on the podcast, Russell will glad to have you. Yeah, no,
0: I'm happy to Russell T. Davies. Uh, yeah, you do a lot of good stuff for the Who. I, well,
2: I,
1: I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan, and and uh, and I'm excited. Gallifrey One is going to be going on well, in yeah. Los Angeles uh in February.
2: What right. weekend is that? It's the 20th, right? That's yeah, the or of 20th or the 20th. I think I, might,
1: I think I might
0: go to that. You how, you, how do you not go to that? You have to go
1: to that. It, only for me, it's only am I going to be in town. Okay. It's a question we of am I, am I going to be in town because right. uh, my, my stand-up dates are, st- are like, it's been quiet. It gets quiet in December and January and then February, March, April, May, spring rolls and in. Then that's where the, the comedy dates kick in. Um, it's comedy season. It's, it's comedy season. It's, it's it's season for comedy out there. It's a, it's a, it's a comedy season, Brad. People like to hear jokes in the spring and the fall, see, but the summer that and winter, joke, they don't fucking want to hear
0: it. You think you're making... I've just come off a book tour. You know how many, <laughs> many shows that I've been on with that voice? I mean, I literally know that been on more <coughs> So, uh, Brad. And, and Brad, I got a question for uh, you. I got a yeah.
1: question you. Uh, a yeah. yeah. question. So, uh, you, you do a lot of history stuff. Uh,
0: what did Cleopatra's pussy smell like? Yeah, Brad. This one, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> the was yesterday when the guy I'm not is
1: that Mary Queen of Scots <laughs> queeping? Mary Queef of Scots right here Mary <laughs> Queef of Scots
0: <laughs> hello Brad did you hear that they let yesterday's show all the guy kept saying was the inter circle he's like the inner circle the inner circle and decoding your new show decoding and I'm like, and I just was like, I wouldn't correct them. They're like, you know, and I can see that the person who like takes me, to the public takes me around is like, you know, once to crowd, I'm like, don't correct it. Now on the historical the inter-circle channel, circle and decoding. I was like, I love it. This is the best titles, new titles that I've written. Brad Miller is here with us today. <laughs> right? uh, the worse the worse it gets, the better it is. I you love used it. to work
1: with Jess Wheaton. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, now, uh,
0: Brad, you solve crimes, like right? Guy, it's like that guy in the Onion, <laughs> you know, the, the Paul Harvey like the gossip comedy. Yeah. I love that, and it, and it was just a living embodiment. It made me so happy.
1: Uh, what do you think about the Buffy reboot? The oh, the
0: movie, maybe? yeah. You know, I, I'm too loyal to Joss. I can't, you know. I, don't want, I never want to, you know. I, first of all, I thought his response... It was so funny. ...was the most brilliant, perfect. Like, so if you funny. spent a month on it, you couldn't have a better response to the response that he wrote when they announced it. Well, I, I don't know was Did you not see the response? It was basically, it was just this great response where, you know, because they want him to come out and, and, and say, you know, I hate it and this sucks and whatever. But he comes out with this, you know, listen, I wish I could say, uh, you know, I'm, I, I will say that I'm really disappointed, you know, because it's really wrong to use anyone else's character especially as I sit here with Captain America and <laughs> the Hulk and the Yeah, and then he yeah and then and then he goes on and turns it you know and he just but he so he has he, he's smart enough to poke fun at himself you know the, and knowing that you can't get on the high horse because you're already using someone else's characters in another project you're working on but then also manages to put this and again in the perfect you know I thought Josh way of um, of also making you get that feeling that you know what um, I'm going to also uh, really tell you that I'm not for this, but with that, never be in classless or, or or bummed about. Well, it, I just don't. Great. I don't. Uh, I
1: don't understand.
0: Uh, you know, I think. I think Hollywood is just
1: too reboot crazy. Oh wow wa- wa- well, It's also vampire crazy right now too. Yeah, but. But I think I think with the, I think that, that I don't, whatever studio is doing it is grossly underestimating nerds because yeah. I because at least with you know with Captain America we understand how we understand how the history of comic books work and you know that those stories have been passed to many sure. many hands, but. The people who would go see a Buffy movie are indelibly uh, tied to Joss. Yes. So
0: vindictively, you know. And, I mean, and I mean, like literally, it's like a protest. <laughs> you really want to be like, you know what? I don't want to support that because I want to support the guy that I love, and that has been there for. I, I, I think Joss is just as. I think Joss is
2: bigger than Buffy. I think they're not going after the. I agree with that, but I think they're not going after the Buffy fans. They're going after the Twilight fans. But that's the Twilight
1: fans aren't going to. But first of all, the Twilight fans. I don't fans think there's are, a lot of fans there. are too young to have watched Buffy. Exactly.
0: They're not going to care. But, but let me tell you something. Exactly. I think some hunky guy to play Angel, and yeah. get some like, you know, like the dark eyelid girl to play Buffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what they're hoping for, right? They're so, not, they, so,
1: they, so it's yeah, the exactly. worst of all possible worlds. They're not using Joss, and they're trying to they're trying to capitalize on
0: Twilight. Yes, yeah, exactly. You know, all of it. Yeah, so it's Although I it'll make money. VR that that was my love of Twilight. I, didn't I don't VR know if it'll
1: make money. It I, I, well. I believe it will
0: not make money. And
2: again, friendly all bet the execution. Yeah, let's put it in, let's put it in with that guy that does the pyramid bets. And, yes, uh, yes. Andrew we, Goldberg. Andrew Goldberg. What do you want to put on this?
0: Andrew Goldberg had a nice house and he had a he had a couch when we were watch, <laughs> Andrew Goldberg Andrew had Andrew a Goldberg, nice house. He had a nice house and he, had a, and he had a couch, a foldable couch, and we would watch original Star Trek in his basement and then what we would do is we'd fold up the couch and one of us would go into the trifold of the couch, and then we would close the couch oh, bit while bit. you were in, you know. And it was like it was, you know, you were literally frozen in carbonite. You were just stuck there. And then, you know, it sounds you, like the worst thing I've ever. It was the most and it was, I would, I would and it was horrifying. All. But then we would, be, and then you'd come out and almost die, and you'd be like, "Your turn." And then you'd be like, "Yeah, my turn." And I was like, "This is the worst game ever." Yeah, that, that's And his a, that's mom a had a electroly- she had her own electrolysis business in the back of the basement. And we would always just kind of be a step away from being like, you want to pull out the electrolysis thing and zap <laughs> each other and see if our eyebrows will go back. Oh my God! But luckily, we were stuck in the couch, so we could never get. So to you the could never actually get to the electrolysis
1: machine. Fantastic. Our bet's going to be the standard Duke and Duke bet from Trading Places.
0: <laughs>
2: One dollar. One dollar. One
1: dollar. One dollar.
0: One dollar. It is sir. One. Go like $1. $1.
1: It, yeah. Oh, here I can, I can do that. Hear the noise. Thank you, Louis. <laughs> yeah. That's it. One dollar. Still works. Uh, still holds up. That movie absolutely holds up. Holds up. Yeah, yeah I watched it recently. Absolutely holds, holds
0: up. up.
2: I got that on Blu-ray.
0: Prime. No one can touch them. Can
1: touch them. 112 percent. That movie holds up. Everyone in that movie
2: is fan. I got that and Coming to America for twenty dollars on Blu-ray. Both of them. Was a bargain, really? right?
1: Yeah, I I love so coming, coming to, to America. To I, I enjoy Coming to America.
0: What What are you watching right now on the TV besides um, Decoded? I, that's all I watch. And they, we we don't call it Decoded in my house. We call it Brad Melcher's Decoded. <laughs> <laughs> we well, call it uh, Brad Melcher's house. I call
1: it. So, so if, someone is gu- is, so if someone's gushing to you about your show, uh, do you if call they know,
0: I, I stop them and I say, "Please call a Rob investigator."
1: I was going to say, "Do you call those people? Uh, do you call that process uh, decoded fanning?" Come on, come on, oh. you guys, come on, oh, come, on. Nice. come on. Just come on. now you came
0: up with that. Yep, just, I like that. I was impressed. That was fast. Head. Yeah, you're fast. Yeah, but you, you, gave be a, you gave me a rim shot though. Yeah, so that, that means that uh, you didn't
1: like the joke. That, but that is for, uh, But I still, I still stand behind decoded fanning.
0: Yeah, that's 110 The best part is, is, I'm going to go on another show until I use that as my joke, and no one's going to even know it. It's and then, and then I'll tweet to you. But up, <laughs> right, and then I'll be like, oh, hashtag I like it. Oh, I thought you were
2: tweeting him the uh, reading rainbow music sting. But up, nope. I okay, but we can do
1: that, please. And I'll, uh, I'll, I'll tag Levar Burton on it.
2: Oh, could we have him yeah. on? Let's get rolled. Let's get Will Wheaton first. Will come and on, and then it's just been a split we'll thing, and then
1: Levar will come on. But what
0: else are you watching on the TV right now? That, by the way, there's not. Although I love love Next Generation, but the special effects don't hold up.
2: No, it's they like, don't, they because they're them. all done video processed. I mean, processed.
0: I know, and it's a, and I feel bad, because I, I, mean, I remember watching that, and those Borg episodes were the greatest of <laughs> the time, right? thing of all time. That's one other
2: thing, too. As nerdy as I, as much as I love Dave Matthews' band of the Red Sox, I probably love Star Trek The Next Generation more.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot about your Dave Matthews. You know, the reason I forgot about your Dave Matthews sexual obsession it's is because... You like his little foot shimmy that he it's, does? It's 2011, they do it. and they're not touring right now, and it's so, it's so I
2: haven't, I haven't, I
1: haven't yeah. heard anything about them lately.
2: bad year for me. And I'm on the fence. Do I renew my membership for the fan club?
0: How are you going to get good tickets? My exactly. I was in the fan club. Yeah,
2: and I've been in there since December of
0: 1998.
2: You're you're, you're trying mm, to remember, right yeah, there. I mean, yeah. Well, I, I have think, seniority. I think you really need to... Three days after it starts, you got to keep that up. You're going to do it. You do. You're right. You're going to regret yeah, don't, it. Yeah, don't you're do, right. do that. It's, it's not like a gym right.
0: membership. You can't <laughs> go back and get your seniority back. Yeah,
2: that's true. Yeah,
0: yeah. when yeah. you meet them, you can't be like, Although for me, I was there in 98 to 2011. I feel like they gave me
2: better tickets when I was on the East Coast, and I don't know why that is. I got much better seats when I was in Boston. Really? Yeah. Anyway, this is ridiculous to talk about. Well, no, I've just. But Anyway, yes, I love Star Trek: The Next Generation so much, and we'll never get a Blu-ray because all the effects were video. Oh, is that why? Yeah, they oh, processed yeah. it in video, so they can't transition. I gotta back. say, I,
1: I love the. Um, I love when they did the, uh, and this might piss off some Star Trek fans, but I love when, when they went back and released the first season of Star of the original Star Trek with. Um, you know, with just with just some upgraded effects.
2: Oh, I watch it like I watch it that way.
1: I, th- I thought those were. I, no,
0: thought really, I, I actually will say I don't love the uh, first original Star Trek. It doesn't work for me. It, it doesn't it, work. You don't like they, the effects they, being redone,
2: or you no, don't no, like no, the original Star I Trek. I just actually
0: don't like the original Star Trek. It wasn't good to me until Khan, Wrath Khan. If you that was start came in,
2: if you start with season two, I watched two,
0: all of them. Make no the mistake, it wasn't like I didn't see them or I didn't understand them. I, I watched them. Watch them all. I just didn't like them as much.
2: Season two of the original series. But when you have
0: a, a with those fake pecs, those are his real pecs. Those are not his real. Those are his real. I studied like. No man has studied Decoded. his packs. We need an episode. I think we should decode his packs. <laughs> Please, the real Corinthian Please. leather packs. There's no way,
2: rich Corinthian decoding leather. Ricardo Montovans. Oh, kill you! Chrysler made those packs for him.
0: <laughs> actually, Dave, my, my pal Dave Mandel, he actually has the Khan costume. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How's that? It's awesome. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: That's pretty rad. We should
0: actually call him up right now. You know what? Let's email him right now, and I'm gonna see if he has Pecs that came with it. I'm gonna email him right now. There are no Pecs.
2: Sorry. He's gonna say he's gonna back me up and say we'll that see. those were Ricardo Montalban's Pecs. We'll
0: say. So we still didn't, I still didn't get to I'm the answer. I'm gonna bottom. get an answer. Oh, yes. Yeah, what, what, what are we what watching? watching? Uh, what am I watching right now? Um, you know what I love? I haven't seen the season yet, but I'm excited for it. Uh, I love Friday Night Lights. I have no reason to like it. I don't care about Texas. I don't care about football. But that first season just killed, and I want to see if they screwed up in the end. All right. Um, but what am I watching that I like? actually hard to find. Fi- uh, you know we're in the middle of? Uh, Dexter. And we're, again, we're early on in Dexter. And they were just from the beginning of the yeah, series. Yeah, just from the beginning. Um, and what else am I watching right now that I really like? Uh, we finished The Wire. That was years ago. I can't find I haven't found anything. That, I haven't, actually haven't found anything that makes me go like, that's the best ever. You're a busy just, guy, though. You're writing books. You're on tour. You have, how you how many kids do you have? Three. You have three kids. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of kids. So I watch a lot. <laughs> you know what I do? You know what I do watch? I watch a lot of old Simpsons with my son. Oh, good. It's oh that's fascinating good. to watch because he started with the later episodes, and then I was like, "No, no, we're gonna—you're you're getting ruined by this." Mm-hmm. And I brought him back, and, and I actually made—I can tell you this—I made the very first Simpsons bootleg shirt. <gasps> by, me and Judd went at University of Michigan, when it came on, we used to go. We used to go to Spike and you know, we used to go to the film festival and watch the yeah. shorts. Yeah, right, yes, Spike, Spike and Mike. Mike's twisted so festival animation. So we used to go to those every year. We saw them there. When they launched The Simpsons, the very first episode, we uh, we recorded on VCR, and we didn't even know what The Simpsons looked like at that moment. So I would pause it, and then Judd, that night after it aired, drew Homer and Marge and Matt, drew them all, and then I wrote what the words should be, and it was like them on the back of a Michigan shirt, and and uh, and we went out and we, so- we made 300 shirts. We had no money in college. This was the only way we were going to get through college. And we made 300 Simpsons T-shirts in that first week. We went into the dorms. And Literally. we sold 300 shirts in an hour. Holy And then we shit. were like, oh, my gosh. And we were charging like $15, 20 a shirt. Then we went back. We made another 300 shirts. We sold those in three hours. We had like $5,000 of cash. We were like drug dealers. And uh, when I met actually Bill Morrison, I said, can you, you know, he told me that uh, Matt Groening actually collects the bootlegs. So I was like, I have the first bootleg. I he collects all the illegal stuff. So we made the very first Simpsons bootleg wow. of all time. And I still have a copy. You're
1: quite
2: an and entrepreneur. Yeah,
1: we were just
0: desperate, is what we were.
1: All right, I just got a text answer. from Jonah Ray, by the way. Yes. Uh, the first text was, uh, Start without me. Olympic is moving insanely slow. Uh, so sorry, inching my way. The second text, and I just got pulled over taking a ride on red when I wasn't supposed to I think I'm just gonna go home I don't feel well this day fucking sucks sorry
0: that's what you get when you stand me up I'm sorry pal <laughs> uh, Freemasons uh, yeah. Freemasons <laughs> Freemason cop it, first of all it was okay wait David, what were we asking uh, are uh, cons Pex. he has a costume Pex in track 2 I'm trying to type fast so we can get an answer quickly Real. I know you have the costume.
1: <laughs> we know you have the
0: costume. I'm on Nerdist, <laughs> right now. <laughs> on. I to tell you, that way knows right fast. I'm on Nerdist now.
1: You know, why you're while you're texting right now, because sometimes texting isn't fun for people to listen to. Yeah, I will no, this say, is good radio. I'm, me
0: texting. I, I, I will great. say
1: that uh, just going back to our very early conversation, I'm. Uh, 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 I am. I am thoroughly impressed that there. Uh, what I was going to say was that there is a generation of. Kind of fun, funny porn stars. Now we kind of went off on a tangent yeah, a little yeah. bit when you were like, "Well, I mean, most of it's sad," and you're probably <laughs> right. Is. But you know, like people like Dana D. Armand is, is is funny, and this girl uh, April O'Neil is funny, and um, uh, who else? Who else do we know? Uh, Joanna Angels funny and nice, and then some, one of the people on Attack of the Show said, "Oh, you have to follow this girl Lexi Bell. She's she's really funny, and she writes really just insane, but funny." tweets, she's she's funny. She's she's genuinely she's, And she's a point star. She is a she is a, a porn star. Well stress. I mean what are And she just she just shot something with Brett Gelman for funny or Die too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that means funny. Yeah. That shows you're funny. That means funny. So I, I'm, just, I'm just kind of, I like, I like to see, because I think, I think a funny porn star could fucking corner the market. Because, the, you know, when you think about the you, wealth that, of what's the out there. President. President. Yeah, you could be president. Yeah, you could literally be president of the United States, literally. And I don't, I don't mean, mean that mean. figuratively. I no. mean literally become the president of the
2: United right. States. If you get the Illuminati on your side.
1: Yep. And And you have to do that by uh, letting them all uh, jerk off onto you uh, like you're one of those uh, weird garden fountains that kids play in, you know. Sure. What
2: are those things called? It's Bukkake.
1: No. Uh, Yes. Uh, (laughs) That the kids play with? (laughs) bukaki. What did you write back? I'm waiting to
0: hear. That the kids play with. He's actually, wait,
1: let's see. How did you meet the Sklars? Because uh, it was uh, Randy Sklar emailed me and said... uh, Oh my God! You got to have Brad Meltzer on. He's great. And I said, "Sure, yeah. You know, I, I I'd love to have him on." Uh, and and here you are. And you've been friends with the Sklars since college. college
0: yeah, the Sclar's and I went. The Sclar's came. Hell, wait. Can I just ask you a quick yeah.
1: question? How long is it before you could tell them apart? Tell them apart? Tell them apart?
0: Oh, tell them apart. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It took me about. Actually, I. You know what? The funny thing is, uh, maybe just like a month or two. Oh, that's I'm not bad. Pretty good. Yeah. No, no. I actually, I don't think they. I think there's some twins. You like. Jennifer and Stephanie Blad, who I went to high school with, I still can't teleport. But Randy Jason, I can actually teleport. I
1: can too now, but
0: it yeah. took a couple of years. Yeah, it takes a while. But in college, a couple of years again, that's like a month.
2: I can so too, and I to don't leave. even know how I do it. No. Well, I I, they, besides Jay J- wearing glasses. Wearing glasses. It is. You have Sklar Sense. Oh. Yeah,
0: it is. But I met them in college, and they were two years behind me, and they came in, um, and we were actually all, in, in, of all things, a fraternity. And we all kind of hated fraternities and what they stood for, but kind of came in to like, just have fun and. And they they brought in a comedy. They actually brought in a comedy tape. You know, sending them for things like alcoholism and rape. That's it. That was, I mean, pretty much we were just... That was oh, the just goal. date rape. Yeah, yeah they were... Uh, they, it's like a fuck prank, a date rape. It's a prank. It's like a prank. It's like I was only kidding. You draw on someone's forehead when they're passed out. I was only you kidding. You your dick in them. It's like a fuck prank. I was kidding. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it was an a joke. People laughed. Um, <laughs> and so... But yeah, we met. The, I mean, then the truth was they were like the anti exactly what we wanted, which was people who kind of hated that little part that we were in, and we were all together. And they um, they actually came in with, with really funny comedy, and, and I never knew anyone who did comedy before. Who mm-hmm. and and I was so impressed that they knew they knew before anybody what they wanted to be. Right? They knew back when they were eighteen years old that they wanted to stand up comedy. They had like a they won this thing in St. Louis where um, they could call an inning of a baseball game. And they prepared, I'm guessing, for, like, you know, forever. And then, you know, most people would be like, okay, here's, I can't do a sports reference, so I'll say Reggie Jackson, and, and you know, announce the name, and that was the bit. And they did, like, a whole-on bit. And plus, they could do the scene, the jive talk scene from Airplane mm-hmm. as brothers better than anybody. Well, they're board-minded. Right. They're a
1: singular mind. I yeah. mean, even
0: back then, they were. And now, they're, now they've now they upped it later. In fact, when twins. my senior year... Of college, there was a, a competition that was supposed to be a talent competition, and um, I had no talent, but I wanted to enter the competition because the very first thing there were three rounds of the competition, and the the rounds were you had to be your hero, you had to be a hero, and you had to and I wanted to be a I wanted to do Spider Man, and the Sklar's dad used to sell um, Velcro by like the caseloads, and so he sent us. Uh, I mean, uh, industrial level Velcro, like a crate of it. Holy shit! And so I, I built a—you uh, know—I built, I bought a, a sweatsuit that was red, and then he sent us all his Velcro, and I made basically I ripped off Letterman and did a Velcro suit, but mm-hmm. did it as Spider Man, and that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to jump off a trampoline and stick to a wall and say I was Spider Man, and that's all I entered this competition for. I had no talent, I had nothing I could do, but I was like, I want to. It'll be really fucking funny to do that. and It was funny on Letterman, and most of these people probably never saw Letterman, so I'm going to do it. So it was totally like me stealing from Letterman, and I jumped off a trampoline, and I stuck to the wall, and it worked great, and the crowd went bananas, and they said, and Randy and Jason were like, you're going to get to the next round, and you're going to have to enter the talent part of the competition, and it narrows at that point to 10 people, you know, from like hundreds of people, there was like 100 people, and then to 10, and the people who get to the second round, they have real talent, so there was like this classic violinist, there was, you know, people who were playing classical piano, I mean, all these real talents, I had nothing and of course I made it to the next round because it was good Spider-Man and uh, it was a really good Spider-Man <laughs> and uh, we had like Silly String as the web so you could actually see it it was oh, good stuff um, organic
1: web shooters or
0: uh, you no this was the old days it was, no there was they were constructed yeah, yeah, no yeah. come on we organic web shooters show you, what you think this is okay. and so basically uh, and they said we're going to write you a bit and I was like okay and so I actually did a, um, a sock puppet stand up it was a puppet show a sock puppet show and so all these people are going out and, again, playing these amazing pieces, these classical pieces. And then I walk out on stage with two socks on my hand that don't match. And, and the scores, the way they wrote it for me, it was we had to make it as bad as possible. So, like, they, they – and it was it a was first – it showed me how hard comedy can be. Because it was completely crafted. We worked for a week on it. Were the puppets called Randy and Jason? No, they were called Pippi and Poopy. Those were the puppets. And it, like, we made it so awful. Like, it was just we were like, this is Pippy and this is Poopy, the puppets. And then as I said, the puppets, I turned both hands to the audience. Uh-huh. And it just was so cheesy on purpose. And then you know, I was doing it and Randy would be like, no, you have to make the hand motion not match your mouth. So it'll be extra bad. <laughs> and so they were literally coaching me, and I, n- I never appreciated what it takes to do a good comedy bit. And they coached me to do this extra bad puppet show. And basically what happens in the puppet show is the the two puppets start arguing with each other. And I, of course, am both puppets. And then they start fighting. And then I'm literally screaming at myself, you know, where were you and why'd you take all my laundry money? And, you know, you know, you should get out of here. We're never going to get married. And then I storm off the stage in like a mad, crazy rage vein down my forehead yelling like a maniac. And it was completely out there comedy, right? It would have, if I did that bit in Boca Raton, literally it would be silence. No one would know. I think you need to be doing this on your book tour. And I'm not joking, the place went, but I actually won the entire competition. (laughs) And now the best part was, is. You know, this guy who's playing classical piano is, like, looking at me, and he's like, I fucking just lost do you know to the the many, Do you know how many
1: Asian kids were beaten within an inch of their I know, lives the because they mom lost to the killed them, I mean,
0: literally, and, and, and we and won, and we won it, and I was just like, you guys just won me that whole competition. Velcro it was enthusiast Brad Meltzer. So that was
1: my...
2: Wow.
0: was that a great Sklar story. It was, I mean, never been told <laughs> Sklar before. stories.
1: Although uh, that bit was a little re Come on, you guys.
0: Come, oh, come is, on. Okay. Did I do a done...
2: No, that's fine. It's Bukaki, Chris.
0: Uh, Bukaki. I think that's genius. It was. Oh wait, Dave Mendel wrote back. Costume has no fake pecs. I was always told they were real. Uh oh. Interesting. Impressive. I was told that too. One hundred percent Mulholland.
2: Nicholas Meyer, the director of that film.
1: Let's talk a little bit about organic web shooters versus uh, 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 scientifically constructed web shooters. Because, uh, you know, at first I was. I, I, when I heard about Andrew Garfield, I was like, I don't know. Do they really need to? Do Is we it? really have to?
2: No, we don't need. We to We don't do that.
1: have to.
0: But I have to say, I thought he was really fucking great in Social Network. Thought he was really great yeah, in Social oh, Network. I, I don't mind the the reboots. I don't like. For me, that to me wasn't about story. I don't think that. I mean, I have no idea. I have no inside knowledge. But to me, rebooting Spider Man was all about money. But let me ask you a
1: question about the the this the side. Maybe this was addressed somewhere in 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 the comics, but. The, uh, the, the, the web shooters that Peter Parker makes, mm-hmm. um, how much chemical web could they That's physically hold?
0: Not only that, I, I was okay with the organic... You know why? Because if he made that, I was always like, "Sell it! You don't need to be poor, Peter." <laughs> I mean, I literally was always like, "Why are you bitching about money? Just go sell that freaking ever!" Because then the whole town would just be like a right. like drapery of. I'm saying, but you know, he made te- you know it was like they always use the word tensile, right? It was like tensile steel web yeah. sh- And I was always like, you can find any. It, there's a lot of things you. Could, if you can make that, you can make something. You don't need to be like the the crappy photographer. So that yeah, they, actually, yeah, because so that's point. explained yeah, in the he, hard he part. Ma-
1: he, ma- he makes a perfect web shooter. I mean, maybe it took him a couple of tries, but right. it and certainly it, didn't take him long, right, not right. years.
0: I mean, I was just like, that's why when they had to lose all their money, I was like, well, Reed is going to patent something new. He's a pretty smart guy. Yeah. Like I was, that's, it doesn't. So to me, I was okay. I, it, it's not that I care. The only thing I didn't like is I like how it looks better when it's on the inside of the wrist. Mm-hmm. I just think yeah. it looks cooler yeah. like, when you make the pose. So that was it. Because I used to have the one. Did you ever have the one when you were little, that yes. like, suction yep. cup one? You know what I'm talking about, the yeah. web shooter? And I used to, I mean, I spent so many hours in my bathroom trying to hit the mirror and make it stick, and that was, it always was here. Yeah. And I think, although, you had to put it here, you had to squeeze here, and I would always turn it around to my wrist because that's how Peter did it.
1: We had that, and then um, did you have the uh, the Bionic Man action figure Please, where you sorry, could... look through his eye? You looked through the back of his oh, head, on. just through his eye? Yeah, that's like... That she, was,
0: yeah. quote, unquote, magnified. Yeah, no, I, I not only that, there was another toy that was around the same time, um, that had a robot arm that came off of it shot his arm and I, and I can't remember the name of the toy I've been looking for it cause, and it used to be fun because you'd find that stuff at like you know, you go to Comic Con, you go to even a, a you know a Holiday and Hotel convention, and find like a good old Migo doll. Yeah. And now with eBay, it takes all the fun out of it, right? Because yep. you could just go. You want all Migo dolls, all mint in box here, four thousand dollars. You've gone from being hunter gatherers to just gatherers. Yeah, it's no fun. Like the chase is the. It's whole funny thing. too
2: how that damages the market for things that people thought were really rare, and then turns out. Right. No, oh, it's it's not. We actually played a, a game of one those. night.
0: We had um, some friends. Over. We tried to figure what can you not buy on eBay. We tried, to, and the contest was you'd have to come up with something that couldn't be bought on eBay that wasn't, you know, a baby or like something that was living. You know, like we, we took those you can buy out. On eBay. right? I mean, you know, those are the op- but we, and it's hard. It's hard to come up with obscure crap that's not on. EBay. Should
1: we? But now that we're all having the conversation, should we start a black market baby service called eBaby And yep. I
0: know, let me tell you what that'll do to you because I know the results. Okay, here's what's going to happen. So when I was in high school, there was uh, a scavenger hunt. Okay. Okay, you can look this up. And the dummies, I was working at haagen that night because I actually needed money. And all the rich kids who didn't need money were all out having scavenger hunts like the rich kids. And where was this? In North oh. Miami Beach, Florida. Okay. Okay. And what happened was is someone put at the bottom of the list, they had, you know, like street signs and the normal stuff you put in. Someone put at the very bottom of the list, a live baby. Oh, my. Okay. And one of the, one, in, in stealing stuff, the, one car got pulled over and got, you know, basically the cop was like, hey, you guys got all the stolen stuff, and like was going to take him to jail, but he pulled out the list. Mm-hmm. And when he pulled out the list and saw a live baby, he was like, "You guys are trying to kidnap a baby!" And he puts out the you know like all points, bullets, and everyone they're trying to kidnap a baby. These people oh, and no. the entire North Miami Beach. This is true. And now because of the story, it makes the New York Times. Our scavenger hunt makes the New York Times, and which was the greatest thing of all time. And the only better part of it, it was all the really smart kids in the school, and the kid who. Uh, was one of the people who got arrested was gotten to Harvard and gotten to Stanford and everyone was like you got to go to Harvard Harvard's for the smart people you got to go to Harvard and he basically the whole moment of being arrested and then being in the New York Times and then being bailed out of jail it changed him it like it was like out of a star trek episode it cha- it, it, like he literally morphed into a different person and he said you know what i need to be a different person and he flipped a coin and it was like Two-Face. And, it, and the scar side came up, and he went to Stanford instead. And that was the biggest controversy in NMB that year. Oh, my gosh. Wow. All, all real.
1: I wonder if harvard, Harvard's Harvard's harvard got to be like the hot girl. Like,
0: what do you mean you don't want to fuck me? That's right. And, and then oh, they'd get really insecure all but of a sudden. it was. And then it was only topped a couple of years ago in Boston. Where are you from? Are you Boston. From? I'm from Lowell. Okay, so you remember in Newton a couple of years ago, there was a scavenger hunt where like all these kids made the New York Times again, and we were all mad because their scavenger hunt made the New York Times, and, and it kind of... <laughs> Took away our you power. You usurped uh, your. You were dinners. still first, though. We were first. Yeah, were I first actually, first. I say we. I had nothing to do with this thing, but I, I make ownership of it now. That's fine. But I was working at Hot. Yeah, I'm not having any of those
1: people on the podcast. You yeah, might as well fucking take ownership over, sure. over the story. That's
0: I did it all. It was I all lived made. in Miami for
1: a while. My mom's from Miami. Did. Mm-hmm.
0: Where'd you live in Miami?
1: We lived in uh, we lived in Miami Lakes for a while. We lived in Boca Raton. My grandfather owned a bowling center, a couple bowling centers in Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, he owned a place called uh, Palm Springs Lanes, which closed years and years and years ago. There was
0: a, the bowling alley by us was by the bread factory, and when they take you from school to go bowling, you could smell all the wholesome bread. Uh, so all the good. kids would be like sniffing out the window. You'd be like sucking up the window because bread smells good.
1: And then uh, that's uh, of course destroyed when you go into a bowling center, and all you can smell are cigarettes feet, and, yeah. and feet. Yeah. <laughs>
2: cigarettes and
1: feet. <laughs> cigarettes and feet. That's, that's all. Hot. That's I all it is. That. Um, so is there anything that we can uh, promote from you? You're at Brad Meltzer on the on the Twitter.
0: Yeah, uh, at Brad Meltzer on Twitter and on what's, Facebook. What's coming up?
1: For you, Brad Meltzer.
0: Uh, you know, I don't know. We're gonna. I guess we find out whether they renew Decoded or not. So I have no idea what they're gonna do. I mean, they're ha- they seem happy with the ratings, but you know, until they say it, I have no. I don't believe anything. Um, and then working on the new novel. That's. I mean, that's the novel is. That's why. How long um, will it take you to write that book? It'll take me two years. Wow.
2: Do you, you try, to, try to, to do a book every two years?
0: I try, and I, I barely make it. Yeah. I mean, there are people who put out a book a year, and. More power to him. But if I put out a book a year, it'll be garbage. It'll be churned out hmm. like regurgitated garbage. Now, my m-
1: m- what I'm curious about is when you think about the concept of writing a new book, do you feel the sinking in the pit of your stomach, like ah, I got to uh, yeah. start this shit over again, or is there some perspective that you can shed? Because a lot of people, I mean, there are a lot of writers who listen to the show, and I, you know, I, I know people are always kind of looking for emotional shortcuts around you know, the, these kinds of overwhelming seeming tasks, so... No, I mean, I mean, are, listen, do, you, do you have on,
0: some shortcuts? Do you have some... Uh, some? Yeah, no, I know. I mean, if you have some, send them my way. I mean, I'm on book... I've written eight novels, right? Eight times I've done this, and I'm still terrified starting the ninth. I'm ter- And and every day that I sit down to write, I got... Um, my first book got 24 rejection letters, and to be clear, there were only 20 publishers at the time, and I got 24 rejection letters, which means some people are writing you twice to make sure you get the point. Oh. And... and I, every day, I sit down. I remember there were two publishers that were interested. And my agent said, I think one of them is going to make a make a bid on your book. And I was like, fantastic. And so I was waiting for the phone to ring just to tell, you know, she was going to tell me that, you know, it was sold. And I picked up the phone, all excited to find out who bought my novel. And I picked up the phone and said, okay, tell me. And she went, sorry, kiddo. And to this day, every day that Thank I sit you. down to write, I mean, that, those are her words, but every day I sit down to write, I say the word sorry, kiddo, to myself mentally because I want to bring myself right back to that moment and appreciate, like, uh, that's actually what I was talking about. Yeah, it.
2: Yeah. Don't forget it. Exactly forget it. Quick, spit okay, it out. You're going to forget it. You're going to forget it. so here's
0: what it was because we were talking about staying hungry. That's what it was. We were talking about staying hungry. Um, to me, I do that every day to stay hungry. I need to remember, wow, talk about if we did this on purpose, it would have looked like genius but total accident. We did it on purpose. Um, we totally did it on purpose. Don't tell anyone. Uh but I think you need to stay hungry, or you lose it. And I'm terrified, like after writing eight novels, of losing it. So every day I sit down, I think of my worst moment ever writing, and I repeat it in my head to bring myself back to that moment where it can all be taken away. Oh, that's really interesting. That's why, because you were talking about staying hungry and how you stay hungry. Can I tell you was.
1: that I think it is better that you remembered it during this part than what we yeah. were talking about before, where it sort of would have been an ancillary point to what we were. You know. <coughs> We're saying, but but now, like the idea that that you're able to fold it into this advice to people. for No, you know, but that's my
0: that's what I need to do. Like I need, I know my body. For me, the chase matters. Like not being able to do something matters to me. And it's why, I like, trying a TV show. I don't know if I could do it, so I'm going to try it. I never tried to write a a series of novels with a repeating character, so that's what I'm trying now. Hey,
1: it's not going to fucking hurt. And and the the upside is a huge upside. Like, if it hits, it changes your life. If it doesn't hit, hey, no one will remember. It doesn't matter. I can try it again
0: some other time. But but that's exactly what we were talking about before is, like, is not having – being comfortable enough with yourself to be able to try that. Not to turn into, like, a self-help moment, but I think that's what it is. It's, like, when you're comfortable enough to be – that it's okay to fail – I think you'll get your best work because then you're you're just you're there's nothing more attractive than someone who's comfortable in their own skin. Like when people say what's cool, it's the person who just doesn't care what anybody else thinks. And when you get to that, I feel like, you know, for comedy, I feel like for writing, I feel like for creative That's where you get your best stuff. And I need to bring myself to that moment every
1: day. And how do you feel like people can get comfortable in their own skin?
0: I don't know. I think, you know, I actually do think, I mean, I guess some people go to therapy and do things like that. For me, my novels are my therapy. Like, those are my imaginary friends where I work out. I mean, you show me a novel, and I'll show you what the author is dealing with at that time. Like, my mom died, that novel that I wrote. And I didn't even know she was going to be dead by the end of the novel because I didn't know what was going to happen to her. But that novel is a guy who's dealing with his dead mother. And, and you'd think I would be pretty clear about that. But it was me absolutely working out what I was working out as honestly as I can on the page. But not even being conscious Because I didn't know she was going to die. She had just gotten sick. Mm-hmm. And I was just terrified of that. So maybe this guy who lost his mom and was just working through all those feelings. I think the only way you get there is I do think you you have to... You do have to self-analyze in some way, and sometimes it's, you know, I guess for some people it's a shrink. For me, it's just writing books. That's where I do it.
1: Yeah, that, that is fantastic advice. Fantastic advice. And the sorry, kiddo, which is incredibly cinematic. Uh, uh, and it's not really
0: cinematic because it's just me in my office.
1: But Yeah, no, but I mean just, just even but those two words. Like that, you'd um, see that in a movie, yeah. like sorry,
0: kiddo, and then you just— I had keep on my phone what I was looking at when, I, when she said it to me.
1: And then, so when you sit down to write every day, you you say that, and you remember to stay hungry. And then I assume you put on Survivor's Eye of the Tiger, right? No,
0: yeah, I do the uh, You're the Best Around from Karate Kid. You're
2: the best around. So how that's gonna ever get
0: kid. Can I tell you, in. by the way, my son, we're in the Rocky movies right now that we're watching. We're up to Rocky Four, and he um, you are know, you going
2: to Rocky show Rocky him Rocky Five? No, okay. I told him
0: there's no. Ro- I told him there's no Rocky Five. <laughs> Good. I told I'm him there's no Rocky Five, but, but I told him that there is Rocky Balboa. And, he, and the thing is, is now he can read, so he went on the internet. and He goes, Dad, there's Rocky Five. I'm no, like, I don't no, think so. No, that's that's homemade. It's totally fanfic. I'm like, and he, does, I just totally lie. But he, so he watched Rocky Four, and he just watched Miracle and No Child in America. Hates the Russians more than my child right now. He hates the nobody hates the Russians and like they, they're remaking Red they're like, Son. Dawn. It's not it's not the USSR anymore. No, there's he's no like, he's like fucking Russians. And he's I told him that Red Dawn they're gonna make it and the Chinese are gonna kill us because you know Red, Hollywood wants us to mm-hmm. think Chinese are gonna kill us. And he's like, no, the Chinese aren't gonna kill us, Dad. It's the Russians we gotta worry about. I'm like, you are right, son. You are totally
2: right. <laughs> the Russians are coming.
1: So you're you're constructing a universe for your kid uh, where, where uh, Russians are evil and there's no Rocky Five. That's
0: 1985. No difference. I mean, <laughs> he lives in the Skinner box of 1985. Five. And <laughs> you have that
1: power as a parent.
0: I mean, you do. And, and you know what? I think he'll thank me later. He might actually, or he'll kill me later. One of those
1: things. Listen, yeah. you know, we're inundated with so much data at all times. You know, if you can, if you can help, if if you have to be a filter and an aggregator for your own kids, as you as a parent, that's the kind of shit parents should be doing. You're actually paying it. To, you are paying so much
0: attention to your kids. I think his life gets a little better when he has to wait for Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it does. I think, it, I think his quality of life Because he won't life, appreciate it. He wouldn't appreciate things, his he burned all through all those lots. three movies in six hours he would have been like okay, let's go hey, see it. I'm like, no, you have to wait. I waited that many years you're going to wait six months, and six months when you're little is is a long time. It yeah. was a long time, so uh, you'll thank me later.
1: Well, Brad Meltzer, this has been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank, thank you, you so much, because I mean, you're yeah. only in town for a day. You're right, you're passing yeah, to through. I'm, I'm
0: going on Red Eye tonight. I'm out.
1: Well, thank you so much for coming Thanks, on. Brother. It was a I genuine pleasure. It. And uh, sorry, Jonah couldn't be here. He was off uh, violating the law, uh, and right now he's probably uh, punching a wall. But um, with his ticket, yeah, uh, yeah he's probably gonna... furiously masturbating with it. his ticket rolled up. He's got a beer. Uh,
0: getting yeah. a ticket ruins everything. It really does. It does.
1: It really does, because it's, and it's, and it's, it's also, you're flustered, and the cops know you're flustered. You know how to
0: get out of a ticket, though? You want me to tell you the secret? Uh, yeah. This is true. Uh, Start crying? No, the, no, if you're a woman, the, the number oh, one yeah, way to get I out meant. of a ticket, right, the number one way to get out of a ticket, my buddy who was a, a police officer, he said, the number one thing that nobody says when they get pulled over, you know, cause, what's the number one thing, I'll tell you this way, what's the number one thing that everyone says? Um, how fast was I going? I, I, I didn't know how fast was I going. Yeah. The only thing that they don't say is, I'm sorry.
2: I always say that, and I've never if gotten a you ticket. If you start
0: with, I'm sorry, you'll get out of your ticket. And I've tried it now three times, and I've gotten out of three tickets. You, and my friend said to me, it's like, say, I'm sorry. Because if they're pulling you over, they know you did it. Don't try and talk your way out of it. You're not going to fool them. Say, I'm sorry. And anyone who says they're sorry, thank me later when you get out of it. And if you don't get out of it, I, that was S- Chris. Why at were you DVD such a bus. dick about it? Right. I am so <laughs> <Yeah>. sorry, you <laughs> yeah. fascist twat
1: nozzle. Yeah. Would that, that would that, that help? Sometimes it works. Wow,
0: you know, in well. the southern states.
1: I'm so sorry that you have a mustache.
0: Although I I, I got Perfect. pulled over with a guy named Isaac Ben Shmuel, the most Israeli name and looking guy ever, and he had a high earring, and we got pulled over in South Carolina, and he did not get out of his ticket. No, that might not. Be. That that South Carolina cop did not let Isaac Ben Shmuel. And his I am sorry for 9/11. You <laughs> got damn right, you are, son. I mean, and he gave us two tickets. He gave us the like your. Front, what's the, the tail light? The front light. Your front light was broken. I mean, and it wasn't. And we got two. Like in Porky's, they smashed the light. It was was just like That's that. Place, those places still exist, and then man. And I put my penis in a shower, and it was just everything was. <laughs> Is that Tommy Turner in there. The thing was, to this day. <laughs> I remember seeing Porky's in the theater, and I was like, that's it? Well, yeah, because it was supposed to be so sexy and, and body. And I was like, it's not even, there's nothing. Yeah, but Kim Cattrall gets fucked
1: on a pile of she gym clothes. Did.
0: that's true. But it, but everyone talked about the penis scene. It was all about the penis in the wall scene, yeah. and you couldn't see anything. I was like, if you're going to show it, show it. I don't care. Boy, that scene
1: where where, he, where in front of Miss ball or where two, the guy says, <laughs> I have an idea. Why don't we call one of the sketch artists? That that used to slay me when I was. There. I gotta rewatch Porky's and see if it holds up. That's my I'm assignment for wager next time. That it doesn't. It might
0: not. <laughs> Who
2: did me. that? Was Bob Clark, right? It might not. The guy that did the Christmas Story.
0: Ye- I just watched rewatch Christmas Story. Ye- it's yeah. slower, but the, but the funny parts do hold up. The funny parts. Yeah, do yeah hold absolutely. Up. I watched it this Christmas with my kids. It was so. Poisoning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have I have thoroughly enjoyed the burrito today on the podcast. Poor Jonah is not enjoying his burrito right now. But he will later. He'll have one. He'll get Yeah, he'll have one later and he'll enjoy it. Uh, So again, thanks, Brad. Thanks for coming on. No, thank you, brother. At Brad Meltzer on the Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, goodbye. Signing off.
2: Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.